it wasn't the night the Lakers and LeBron James wanted, so now what? Plus, James Harden looks good, but the 76ers still lose. And real or fake, is Tatum and Brown the best duo in the league? It's opening night here on Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. It's opening night, and on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm Tony East, hosting Locked On Pacers and filling in for John Corrales, one of your normal Wednesday hosts. Excited to talk about opening night. The NBA season is here. Tony, it's back. How you feeling? Excellent, excellent. We got some great games. We got really spoiled. The NBA did a great job. It, we had like a little bit of everything here on opening night, like the fun stuff, the silly stuff, like good play, some terrible things. We get to make fun of people. It's going to be a lot of fun. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So let's dive right on into everything because we got to see the Los Angeles Lakers play in the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors get their ring. It took like 45 minutes to get there, but the game eventually started with maybe the longest intro we've had in a while. Oh, man. <laughs> it was <laughs> It took a while, but it got going, and the game was close for the first quarter, and then the Lakers faded. So I wanted to start there. We don't have to go full on what trade should the Lakers make, but how discouraging was that for LA? Yeah, they can't shoot at all. And they at have all. no answers for any other team's run when they can only score like five feet and in, right? They, they got good stuff from AD and LeBron and Russ at the rim. But as soon as they needed a jumper or needed to create something from outside of say 10 feet, they just, they couldn't match it. The the Warriors, who are obviously a fantastic shooting team, but they finished 10 for 40 from deep. And yeah, in that second quarter, the, the other concerning part of them not being able to make the shots to keep up is they were mostly getting torn up by the Warriors bench in that quarter. Yeah. Right? It wasn't even the Warriors starters that were doing the damage. So yeah, it, it was a really rough game for, for LA as soon as the first quarter. Yeah, the the shooting's the big thing, right? When you look at some of the spacing for Anthony Davis, LeBron out there, less so for Russ because the spacing's always going to be kind of bad when he has the ball in his hands. Like they they didn't respect any of the Lakers shooters. 10 of 40, you said they only had two guys who made multiple threes in this game, one of them being LeBron James, the other being Kendrick Nunn playing his first game for the Lakers. Just that roster is a mess. I can't believe they gave Palinka an extension with this being yeah, the roster that, that they <laughs> immediately after last season too, and not, not even waiting to see if they could do anything. But you look at that and you got like a vintage Anthony Davis performance, especially in that first quarter where he was great defensively. He kept them in it. But at no point, even when the Lakers got this one to say like 12 points in the fourth, did you feel like they were going to really take command of this? I think, you know, LeBron and AD can can carry you. I don't know if they can carry you when the rest of the roster looks this bad at times. Yeah, they just got nothing from any of their role guys or even any of their new guys, right? Patrick Beverly is supposed to be this 
Big deal addition, one for five, foul trouble, only plays like half the game. Lonnie Walker, two for seven. You know, he couldn't really contribute. Toscano Anderson missed all his shots. Wenyan Gabriel missed all his shots. It, no one gave them anything. And on defense, they obviously got completely torched because they had no answers for for what the Warriors are doing. But this is clearly a team that was constructed by someone who needs to continue to run the show for longer, apparently. <laughs> that is a decision. Look, all, all the Pelicans fans who listen to Locked On Pels are like, please let this be the case because there is a scenario where this team is so bad. They ended up with like the one or two pick and New Orleans exercises the pick swap. And oh my goodness, how funny would that be? Man, the, the, the Pelicans would be like the title favorite for like a half decade. <laughs> my goodness. Golden State, it, uh, speaking of, of good executives, uh, Golden State recovered very well from losing Otto Porter and Gary Payton because three lottery picks, Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga, they can toss right in, plus DiVincenzo, who was awesome in this game. Like, what an insanely good replacements they had on ring night to come in with these guys and just kick the Lakers' butt all night. No, you said it right there. Bench is what really kind of got them a big lead and kind of sustained them throughout the game. They had 41 points off the bench. This is a team that's supposed to have probably have their title window closing to a certain degree. And it feels like they're coming into a second life or something like that. You saw Jordan Poole lighting it up early after his big contract extension, making some threes, making some big plays. You had James Wiseman that comes in and gives them more defense and kind of a stout center at times. I thought at moments he did well against Anthony Davis. Steven Chenzo is fantastic for them off the bench. They have all of these guys that are young and still growing. You have Andrew Wiggins that is just perfect in this system too. He scored 20 points in this. And then by the way, Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. He goes out and scores 33. He is an off shooting night from three and still does everything. This, this Warriors team not going anywhere anytime soon. They got better this off season somehow. Yeah, they, they looked really good, and some of it can be the allure of, of ring night. And I saw ring night perfectly described by someone as a wedding that just goes off the rails and people are just saying whatever they want. <laughs> that is kind of what it felt like before the game started. But, yeah, they, they, I mean, they look just as good as last year, even if, if it is just one game. You know, Steph can go four for 13 from deep and still score 33 points and dominate. And Wiggins looks like the guy who was – playing in the finals last year and an all-star starter for some reason, but he was awesome in the finals last year. Awesome <laughs> in this game. Like even obviously that's a punchline, but he was very good. Like they, they're just loaded. They're just loaded. Yeah. There's no, there's really like no other way to put it. We've seen them also have some bad ring night games. So they come out seemingly like a little bit of a hangover or something like that. And you didn't really kind of get that feel from them on all of this. And you know, one of the big questions is how is it going to work after the Draymond green thing? And no matter what Reggie Miller says, I don't know if winning teams regularly <laughs> punch them each other in the face. And one of the weirdest comments he had during that game, um, it seems like that's no that's no issue. Like they've moved past from all of this. That's not something that's going to bring them down or be a concern at all this year. Yeah, Draymond was certainly in a good mood, um, joking around with LeBron and the fans sitting next to the bench during the game. And he played fine. And Jordan Poole played very well, like you mentioned earlier, coming in and doing Jordan Poole scoring things and hitting crazy shots. And oh, by the way, a team high seven assists. He certainly seems like he's fitting in well uh, with that group. So uh, yeah, it seems like if they even have any sort of animosity it's not extending to the court which certainly all the Warriors will care about this season at least uh so uh, yeah the, the, there was nothing there they both played very well and again the ring night alert could be a part of that but if, if it doesn't matter on the court at all it seems like they are are fully past it which is is 
crazy to me. And also, yeah, Reggie Miller, what the, what was that? Like every other player we've heard chime in on this is like, man, what the heck? Like, how did this get out? How did this happen? And Reggie Miller's like, this happens all the time, especially on good teams. It was, it was a jarring comment. It was so funny. It like took me out of the game when he was basically, if someone didn't watch this, was like, oh no, this happens all the time on good teams. This is a regular thing. I don't condone it, but it happens all the time. And it's not that big of a deal, which feels like he's condoning it to a certain degree. And then he said, this was the best part, that if you're on like a losing team, you don't punch each other in the face because you just suck and you know that. So you don't need to worry about these things. So basically what he- teams have no accountability, so they don't- It was It was the weirdest, weirdest comment. So basically- you're a loser if one of your teammates hasn't punched you in the face is what I got Reggie Miller say, saying to me, which is maybe, maybe why the, so, so basically if you don't hurt someone, you're a loser, which is probably why the Warriors honored Zaza Pachulia before the game during the ring ceremony. Um, it was just just bizarre late on a uh, Tuesday night, on opening night. But there was another game. You had the 76ers fall into the Boston Celtics. We're going to get into James Harden, who looked pretty good, coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points? You can do it. LeBron James to have more or less than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than six and a half assists. Steph Curry almost always to have more than three and a half three-pointers made. And I love prize picks because it's daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's that simple. And you're not competing against other players. This might be the best part. You're not going against professionals who do this with algorithms, machine learning, a bank of monitors. It's just you versus the projections. You see the numbers, you pick more or less than that. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you watch. NBA, NFL, MLB postseason, college football, whatever it is you might want. They even have disc golf, cricket. They got tons. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for the instant deposit match up to $100 with Prize Picks. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're completely free here five days a week, breaking down the biggest stories. Now for your second listen, game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. The game to game Locked On show for the NBA. All of our hosts do about a minute after the game happens. We then compile those into one show. It's going to give you a recap on every single thing. Super useful when there's like 15 games at times in a night. But we only had two, Tony. And then we the first game we had, it was the Boston Celtics beating the Philadelphia 76ers, 126-117. I want to get into Boston in the next segment, particularly Tatum and Brown. But this one, what really jumped out to me early on in this game was James Harden looking like James Harden of old, 35 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, even getting calls of old from the refs like he got when they called Al Horford for that flagrant foul. Yeah, a couple things. First of all, they literally showed pictures of James Harden at Media Day on the broadcast to point out his skinniness, which I I thought was 
crazy on an opening night broadcast to to call a guy out for something like that. But he did look sprier. Uh, and the second thing is, remember last year there was this big push by the NBA to get rid of a lot of this foul stuff? Remember that? That, <laughs> that went out the window in like five <laughs> minutes in this one. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so to be fair, a lot of the fouls he drew in this game were legitimate. And he looked really good. Like he was handling the ball while hitting those step back James Harden threes or at least attempting them before someone would land under him. Seven assists, eight rebounds. Uh, hit over half of his threes, 35 points. I think in the first quarter he had 16 points. I don't remember the exact number. Uh, but he looked phenomenal, which even though the Sixers didn't as a team look phenomenal in this game, uh, he they, they had way too many you know random turnovers and fouls and disconnected moments. But he looked phenomenal in a way that he rarely did last year, and that is huge for a Sixers team, especially because he just took a discount to make them better. If he can be this player all season, they'll have not only a good player, but a steal of one at that. Yeah, you know, I wondered when I was watching this game, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe the 76ers aren't as good as I thought because he looked good. Joel Embiid is going to be fine. We know that. But they seem very, as you said, disconnected is the right word. And then you realize they're integrating so many new people and they shook this roster up a decent bit, right? You had P.J. Tucker in there too. Tyrese Maxey looked really good as well. He was at times their best player during this game. You know, they're adding in a guy like Montrez Harrell. They're just integrating so many new players. And then it kind of showed in this. And as I started to watch this game and saw what these guys were doing individually, it's like, oh, they're going to be fine. And this is still a team that's maybe not one of the top threats to win the East, but is certainly going to be in the conversation, I think, as they get better as the season goes on. And if you get skinny James Harden, bought in James Harden, that is a very special player. There are 22 free throws in the first quarter combined in this game, by the way. Wow. So yeah, if, he, if, if he's going to get those type of calls too, because I thought that was not a great call against Al Horford for Harden sticking his leg out in the way he landed. If he's going to get those, the dude is super back in my opinion. And that's a very scary James Harden. They started to devolve a little bit too much. I thought into just ISO heavy Harden style play late in this game. They couldn't really get anything going in the fast break. I think they had two points in the fast break and that was it. But those are things that are going to iron themselves out. I think I like, you know, I at least like Doc Rivers is a regular season head coach, if not really a postseason head coach. This is still going to be a really good team. And if you have Tyrese Maxey go out and score 21 points, look really good at times, despite a moment or two, I thought, of frustration. Yeah, I'm still buying some Sixers stock, I think. I am too. And you know what's funny is like looking at their just stats alone. If I told you before the game, they would shoot 50%. They'd hit 38% from deep, 86% from the foul line, only 14 turnovers. And all their best guys would have pretty good games. You'd go, yeah, they're going to win. And they lose by double digits. Um, well, I guess they got it tonight at the end. Because Al Horford is just like the offensive man. In general, I think they played really well. I still think they well. And seeing Harden play like that and Maxi play like that and Embiid even have 26 and 15 and five assists, you know, they still looked pretty good for a lot of this game winning for much of the first half. I, I still think they're a really threatening team despite losing to a team that which is up really well with them. that Because they'll have to beat if they want to reach the finals, and we'll talk a lot about Boston's two best players in the last segment because they were also phenomenal. But the Sixers actually, pl- I, I, you know, they're going to look at this as a nine well, and it's play from a lot of the guys that you said that are new additions, but as well as their holdover guys, their big four, if you will. 
Yeah, a- a- absolutely. They're, they're going to be just fine. They, they've got things they definitely need to tighten up. Sometimes their defense wasn't looking particularly great. They let Boston get out and run way too much, and they certainly need to shore up the transition defense because if you're going to give up 24 points in the fast break, something that Boston didn't do particularly good last year either, that's going to be a big problem for them going forward. We can, we can switch to Boston right now too. Let's leave Tatum and Brown for the moment. They each scored 35 points. They were really freaking good in this game. Horford had like an interesting one, but I thought you made a good point of like, he plays Joel Embiid pretty well and Joel Embiid went out and got his, but when you have kind of that like neutralizer, I think that can really help. And then they can bring in guys like Grant Williams and Malcolm Brogdon off the bench. Williams with 15 points, Brogdon running the offense with 16 and four on seven of 11 shooting. You know, they, they've had a weird off season. Certainly with the Ime Odoka stuff, with Gallinari being out for the season after they were signing him, but they still managed to reload pretty well, and these guys are ready to step up, and it's similar to the Warriors. One of the things I was looking for is like, does this look like Boston of last year? And it's like, oh yeah, it definitely does still. Can, can we change the NBA rules, Jake, so that the Celtics automatically get a technical foul every time Blake Griffin checks in? Why is he number 91? That should not be allowed. It threw me off for a minute. I was I completely kind of forgot that they had him. He looked so happy being on this team too. <laughs> now, I looked it up. Uh, it's an homage to Dennis Rodman, which is a good reason to wear ninety one. I suppose it's also an awful sure. basketball number. It drove me crazy the second he checked in. He did play fine in his limited minutes, uh, but Brog- yeah, Brogdon was the story of their second unit to me. Like that's somewhere where they kind of lacked last year. They were hoping Derek White could be a little bit more of a creator for their second unit, and he wasn't. La- he was good for them, but not necessarily that for their second unit last year. To have a guy like Brogdon who can kind of guide things, run the offense, make it easier for Grant Williams to play this well, and also play this well himself. He had 16 points on 11 shots and missed all his threes, right? He still was able to be effective driving to the basket in a way that I cover the Pacers, you know, that he's shown and evolved as a player over the last three years. So that's a really huge addition for them. Smart looked great as the defensive player of the year last year and more of a a facilitator now for this team. They got a lot from their role, guys, and that was a big part of their win. Yeah, Noah Vonley even looked good. He was setting amazing screens in this one and freeing up guys like Brogdon and some of their other guards to really get downhill and attack the basket. And if you're getting like productive minutes from from Vonley, who's been in the league for nine years and played on eight teams, I think like, oh, this team still has a lot of depth. They're still really good. They very clearly are trying to move past the stuff with Ime Udoka and whatever went on with all of that. I don't know. They still look like they're an NBA Finals team. And after watching this one, you know, I think people may have knocked them down a peg because of some of the offseason drama. And I think they're right back in it. This still looks like a team that's a big title favorite to me. For sure. Missoula, too, did a good job in his first game. He had one moment in the fourth. I think they were up by eight when he took out Brown and Tatum at the same time. And I was thinking, oh, if they lose, like this is a uh, like new coach kind of moment, but they survived the stretch very well. And then, you know, end up being up 15 later in the quarter, end up winning by nine. So yeah, I think he put in a pretty good rotation, good game plan for the Sixers, right? Doubling Embiid at convenient times, pressuring Harden after the first quarter in a way that was a little bit more successful. So he coached a good game and, and they look like a strong team. I, I, I'm really in on what the Celtics were able to do in this game. And we haven't even talked about 70 of their points because, <laughs> because we're saving it for the third segment. But yeah, they, they, they really looked good. And, and, and something they noted on the broadcast that I thought was noteworthy too, is like Missoula was on the staff last year. So yeah, it's yeah. a head coaching change, but he knows the system. He knows the guys like he can still keep them running 
mostly like the team they were last year in a way that they shouldn't like, yeah, there'll be some hiccups. It's a different personality and making decisions like the rotation stuff I just talked about is someone else now, but it's still mostly similar in a way that they still looked really connected and coherent most of the time. Right. And look, I, I don't think that it's, to me, it's fairly obvious they're not bringing Udoka back at any point in time, even after the season. Yeah. But it wasn't like they put Missoula in to be a brand new head coach that can like put his own stamp on the team. It's still going to be the same stuff. And he's kind of a caretaker for this one year, just trying to kind of keep it going and see if maybe he can earn the job, I guess, in a case. But they weren't going to have any big shakeups or things like that. It's more the in-game management, as you said, the rotations, those type of decisions on a moment-to-moment basis, which this team has so much talent there. These guys have all been there together for a while to it should be just fine Boston still looked very much like a finals contender one of the favorites in the league after everything they've been through theme of the night with them and the Warriors too just kind of continuing everything going maybe we'll see another NBA finals rematch here so coming up let's keep talking about the Celtics because yeah Brown and Tatum looked awesome 70 combined points that's coming up here next in today's episode of locked on Pelican or locked on NBA. Oh man, I'm, I'm just rusty and getting out of preseason stuff here. Locked on NBA. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association. And now for your second listen, go check out your local Locked On show, whether that's Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Pacers, whatever it is you might, or whatever team you might be rooting for, there's a Locked On show for that team across all sports, not just NBA. Okay. Every Wednesday, we do real or fake. And after last night's game, I got to throw this one at you, Tony. Real or fake, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is the best duo in the league. Paul Pierce tweeted out after the game that they are. Well, if Paul Pierce says they are, then I'm inclined to say they're not. <laughs> Just out of principle of the decisions. I was thinking about other really good duos. Ironically... The duo across from them in this game, I think, is pretty nearly equal footing with them, despite the fact that the Celtics won this game. And Embiid and Harden, if Harden is truly skinnier, Zion and Ingram in New Orleans, as you know very well, a group I considered for this. And, of course, uh, this this would have been a, a runaway favorite before this offseason where they both said, I don't want to be on the same team anymore. KD and Kyrie are both uh, really dang good, too. Considered all those, obviously, Steph and whatever warrior you think is the second best warrior could be in this mix. I'm taking all of them, so you you have to talk about them, too, in a second. But if they're going to score 70 points every game, it might be these two guys. They play the most in-demand position in the NBA on the wing. They can not only both light you up for 35 and score from all three levels, they're also both really good defensive players, too. They can drive the offense without a point guard in there, like when Smart's out. If either of them are handling things, still go well. They're just really talented. It's part of why the Celtics made the finals last year. And I don't know if they're number one. I I might myself still go for Katie and Kyrie, even though the team could explode this season. But uh, they're definitely making their case for for it. And I got to say, with a small sample of one game for this season, I got to go with Rio. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Right now, call the season is what all the Boston fans are saying. It's over. over. They've won best best duo in the league. So I'm going to say it's fake. But I'm kind of with you. It, it's closer. Th- now that I start to think about it, like it's fairly close. I, 
I say it's fake. I think it's Steph Curry and pick whichever warrior you want. You want it to be Clay Thompson? It can be Clay Thompson. You want it to be pool party? It can be pool party. I'll even let you throw Draymond Green in there. It can be any of those guys. Steph is still able to do some of the, like just the dirtiest, filthiest things in the league. He had that little turnaround step back shimmy move he had, which shook one of the um, defenders for the Lakers. I don't even remember who it was, and he drilled it. And there's just no one in the league who can do what he what he does. So I still think it's Stefan, whomever you want. But I do think Brown and Tatum are getting kind of close because, as you said, right, they do so many other things well. They're all plus defenders at the most in-demand position. They had six combined assists in this one. They make their free throws. They get to the line. They shoot threes. It's literally everything you want out of players they really give you. And if they're going to combine for close to 70, and they're not going to do this on a nightly basis, it's still pretty good. I'm not ready to give it to James Harden and Joel Embiid. Harden, I, I need to see it from a couple of more games. He had that step back where he shook the defender, did the shimmy, and then airballed the three. And there's no way I'm going to throw you in conversation for best duo in the league when you do that. That was the moment when I was like, oh, the NBA is back and we get to laugh on Twitter again. He, he did that against the Clippers with the Rockets and made the three and it was like the coolest thing. And it looks so bad when you brick the three that badly. It hit like the corner of the bottom of the backboard. So it went straight down to it, which made it look even worse. It was, it was, there's, have you seen the camera angle of it? Like straight behind him, not the side view. There's one of it, like literally directly behind him. It's so bad. I mean, it's so bad in the best way, but it's so bad. I gotta see that. I gotta find it. It's probably one of those uh, league pass cams. What does it say about the Lakers? We already talked about that. Yeah, I know. LeBron and AD hasn't even been said yet. I I was trying to figure that out, and it was like – when they they're play just going together. Get... They're very good. They just don't play together that much. So, so that's a big part of it, right? Like, they uh, do you trust them to play together on the court sixty plus games at the same time? Like, I'm know. not sure that I do. You know, Anthony Davis also in this one only had six rebounds. He he doesn't attack the glass like he used to. You know, the first couple of minutes of this game, he was a bit of a non-factor. Then he woke up and was a monster defensively. But by the end of the game, were you feeling like he was carrying them and was like going to lead a comeback? And I just never felt that. I don't know. Part of it is I'm I'm still like bitter from some of this here in New Orleans, and I don't think I'm allowed to say nice things about him anymore. But at times, he just leaves a lot to be desired, despite putting up like really good good numbers. You want you want to throw Russ in there with one of those two as best duo? I do not. As a small market cover, who isn't going to talk about good players very much, I feel obligated to also include uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker as like, a, okay, they, they can be really good. Uh, they weren't as good last year. And also Giannis and whoever you feel like is the second best buck, Chris Middleton or Drew, is also a nasty good duo and can be the best on any night. But yeah, I mean, it, it, look, obviously on a 70-point night, it's going to be easier for me to say real. And I did say real because I think this year especially, you know, Tatum's 24 now. Like, he could be an MVP candidate. They could be it this year. There are a lot of really good duos. But if, if you feel like Tatum is going to be a top-five guy this year, which is very possible for him, you know, then there's got to be a lot of belief that that could be the best duo this year. Thank you for making Lockdown NBA your first listen today and every single day. Like you always said earlier, go check out any of the rest of our Locked On shows if you would like to uh, get the local take on any of your favorite teams, whether that's NBA, NFL, NHL, college, 
We've got it all here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Tomorrow, Lockdown NBA is back. On Thursdays, Nick Angstad, Pat the Designer, will break down all the latest news around the NBA and count them up as they typically do. Hope everybody enjoyed today's show, and we will see you tomorrow.